0: Habits and Health, Episode 11. Welcome to another edition of the podcast where we give you ideas on habits you can create for a better health and a better life. Today my guests are Mary Renzel and Ali Hively and they've teamed up in quite a unique combination. Um, They help people around brain optimization and helping them with their emotions and and many other areas in life. We're going to hear a lot more from Mary and Ali coming up. If you do like this episode, please do share it with anyone who you feel would get some real value from it. Why not subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. habits and health. And my guests today are Mary Renzo and Ali Hively. How are you doing?
1: Amazing. How are you? Thanks for having us.
2: Nice. It's you. good
0: It's good for you both to be here. And we're in uh, Ohio today with you, are we?
2: Yes. Yeah, we have the sun across. It's still chilly, but... Yeah, we crossed the pond huh, to join each other.
0: Before we started recording, I was chatting with Mary about how you two got together. And it was a fascinating story. So do, do one of you like to... Maybe tell that story,
2: sure go ahead, man.
1: sure, so I was giving a lecture at a professional women's conference uh, here in Cleveland, Ohio, and I you know I'm a neurologist, so I'm used to talking about brains and brain health, but they asked me to speak to that at a professional women's conference, so I imagined to walk into the empty room, you know, I thought, well, who's going to come? you know they're all here like hitting their professional goals and you know, making their mission statements and working on their skills. They're like, why would they come to my lecture? So I, I walk in the room and it's packed. And there's like standing room only. I'm like, oh, awesome. They love brains here too. <laughs> Good. So it was really exciting. And people had a lot of questions. They really wanted to kind of dig deep into the details. They wanted to know how to get, you know, what we know about the science of, of uh, you know, brain optimization and work, how they could get it into their lives. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I love talking about the science, but I need a coach or someone that can help me figure out human nature and how to help humans you know pencil this into their life regularly it's just which is tricky and we don't always have those skills so I thought okay I need a life coach and then Allie and I started chatting she was at that lecture so then we started chatting and I said oh I need you we need need to put our heads together um, so we can help brains around the world so here we
0: are Mm -hmm. and how, how has that been working out
1: Good. We've had the opportunity to give lectures, you know, nationally here in, in, uh, in the U.S. And um, yeah, it's been good. It's, we've, we've learned a lot. We, and we're, you know, right now we're kind of reaching out to, of course, professionals that are struggling with COVID, um, COVID lifestyle, challenges with work and COVID and isolation and productivity and focus. So that's been our, our focus. And, you know, we built a course to help people. Uh, you know, get some more tips, but yeah, it's, it's been good. You know, people like to talk about it and learn, um, learn some new habits towards this.
0: And, and do you work with like a sort of particular sort of niche of people or is it quite general or how's that?
1: Yeah, we've been giving lectures to like professional, you know, women doctors, you know, um, healthcare profess, you know, professionals. And now we've gone into different, you know, with different HR groups, so all different kind of professionals um, to talk about productivity and focus.
0: And brain optimization. And, and brain optimization and the whole kind of brain science, For I mean, I guess for many people, it's a really, it's an area of a lot of confusion. Because mm-hmm. most people don't really, there's so much misinformation around as well, which doesn't help things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we tried to boil it down to things just to know where if, you know, if it's really new area for you, you're not sure where to start. We tried to just make these three spheres. Like we said, we're from Cleveland, Ohio, so we called it CLE. So people know kind of where to put their their attention and their energy. Um, so go ahead, Al, you want to talk about the CLE?
2: Yeah, what we found is that people want to know the information, of course, like as clear and concise as it can be. Um, and so exactly, we've created a framework to help people to kind of examine where they are when it comes to how they're, you know, taking care of their brain and how they're building their resiliency. And so the CLE framework, again, from Cleveland is connection is the C. And so how connected do you feel? How connected are you to the people in your life and in your world? How, um, you know, how are you, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with people that do have positive health habits? Are you surrounding yourself with people that are not? helping you to take care, better care of yourself. So really, we dive into a lot of detail on that connection piece and what matters most. And then the L stands for lifestyle habits. And so we know your audience is focused on that and interested in that. And you, of course, as an expert in that, know it's a very loaded kind of topic. And so lifestyle habits includes all of the things that you talk about a lot and that we know people... um, you do for the full, for their full day. So how they sleep, how their nutrition is, what kind of movement they're getting in on a daily basis, what are their habits around alcohol and drugs, what what makes up their life, you know. And so um, when we examine the sphere of lifestyle, we talk about like what matters most in each of those spheres, and then what Dr. Mary's research really shows that like here's the here's the place you want to be, and then you can kind of build those habits around making that happen in your life. And then the E stands for emotional processing. And so how do you move through your emotions? How do you handle them instead of stuffing them down? How do you really, you know, manage the the feelings that come up on a day-to-day basis? And what are your habits around those? You know, do you allow yourself to feel your feelings? Do you squish them down? Do you, you know, put them on the side and save them for later? Or do you have those habits built in to really process emotions? Cause the research shows that that matters to our productivity, to our focus, and really resilience and optimization.
0: And so, when did you start this program? So we spoke on
2: this um, a year and a half ago at a at a big conference, which really kicked off of kicked off kind of like our, I would say, our framework. And then from there, we built out the program and um, and the framework really kind of has it all wrapped up <laughs> into a little bundle. So that's been really helpful because people, like we said, they want to know exactly what they need, right? We don't want too much information. We just want the right amount. We want to know what we need to know. And um, so everything kind of fits well in there. And oftentimes people are looking for something that is, you know, a quick fix. And so we feel like the framework is our version of a quick fix in in regards to how you can evaluate and how you can kind of focus on these things, um, but I would say we put it into practice about a year and a half ago.
0: And generally, is there like a sort of set time frame that you usually takes to work with someone, or is it very pretty varied?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Our course is is uh, four to five weeks, if you know, for folks to kind of jump in, learn a little bit about it, do the self assessment, and then start to practice um, the habits and and figure out how to put it in their lives. Um, but then, you know, it's a it's a life it's a lifetime. Um you know, just we're all lifelong learners and so um you know, each week, you know, you try to kinda learn a little bit and and figure out how you can optimize what you need to that week. Um and then, you know, I what I see as a doc is a lot of folks will come to me, you know, right before they're ready to retire and be like, Hey, what should I do for my brain? I don't wanna get that dementia thing. You know, I don't I really that's not a road I wanna go down. And what the studies are showing that it, it actually matters, you know, what the activities, what kids do with their brain, what teenagers, what, you know, young adults in their 20s, so new professionals, you know, all every life stage, it really matters, so we're all kind of optimizing our brain, you know, through our whole lifespan. Um, so it is good to know what to do, and, and the, you know, Allie and I started talking about this really for caregivers, because, you know, as um, professionals, healthcare professionals, Um, You know, we gave, you know, one of our first lectures was to a room full of women docs. And women docs, like any professionals, have, you know, certain goals they have to hit. And when they're trying to balance caregiving for the community, for family, for friends, for parents, just like any professional. And so they're juggling a lot of, you know, a lot of goals and uh, responsibilities. And so we looked up, like, how can we help them be better caregivers And the research really points to this, you know, this multi-system plan where you have to look at how you connect with humans because we are tribal, right? We know that, that we are tribal and we enjoy the connection. And that's why this year has been so tragic for all of us and challenging. Um, But that's really what we need to make that a priority. And as professionals, we know that we need to have a professional network because it's your net worth. Professionally, we talk a lot about that, but just... You know, brain optimization-wise, we don't always talk about that, but there's something called your social network. So how many people do you know that kind of help you out? You're sick, would they bring over soup? Would they give you a tip? Will they, you know, so what is your connection to kind of your community and who are those people and what do they do with their lives? So, you know, there's been many medical studies showing that your social network especially if you have a chronic disease, is challenged by your disease. And if you are healthy, your social network can support you. So we were looking, like, how can we support these women docs? And it's really, it's, you just need to have the, some activity in each of these spheres. So you need to focus on connection. You know, lifestyle is a loaded word. Some people don't even want to hear about it. But it's really how you live your life. How do you live your days? What do you put in your days? What do you prioritize? And then emotional processing, we're finding a lot of people don't like to open that closet. They don't like to go in there. It's a scary place. They don't know what to do when they get in there. They don't want to see anything too scary or dark. Or... So we just give folks tips just to you know, get through naming emotions, realizing they don't have power unless you let them, kind of stay ahead of them, try not to react So just, you know, things that, just some tips. And when people did those all together, you know, when they addressed those three areas, they were better caregivers. And we all want to be there for others to help others. And so that's what we were focusing on, especially with that lecture to, you know, healthcare providers, because they're caregivers as professionals, and then they're also caregivers in their community.
0: And has, since the whole pandemic started, has it changed your focus or how you deliver the program? and Has there been much changes?
1: Well, yeah, it's opened up opportunities like this that we get to connect with people from around the world, which is really exciting. And it's given us more opportunities. We're not in the car kind of traveling to meetings or traveling and we're not in the, you know, airplanes. So we have, I, you know, I find it gives me more time to focus and to uh, be productive so that when we do meet with people, we're not wasting time traveling. (laughs) Although I like to travel, but we just, you know, that's been removed obviously. Um, So it's given us more time and you know, of course it it focused us to be creative like anyone else to think about new ways to get things done. So that's the resiliency, right? It's just, you know, I want to get to here. It's going to look different. My path to, you know, X is going to be different now. I have to go over something or around something or under something and that's resiliency. It's just kind of finding a new way to get things done.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and we really, I think also the idea of focus and productivity has really been brought to the forefront um, when it comes to Taking care of yourself. You know, so often people, as you know, I'm sure, like are focused on lifestyle habits for their body or for, you know, trying to attain a certain goal. But when you're forced to work at home and you're forced to take care of your family at home and everything kind of changes, and all of a sudden, you know, those, we're really trying to help people tie and understand the meaning of like those habits have so much more to do with your brain your productivity, your focus and your body, but not just your body. And so by understanding that it's like that whole person approach, there's just um, I think a lot of good positive energy around like, oh, wow, like this is also a positive benefit to these lifestyle habits and to, you know, connection and all of these things. So helping people to draw that connection has become even more important since the pandemic because, you know, our challenges have been um, been so huge when it comes to that.
0: And and has it been, um, how has the challenge been about, I, I presume most of this you're delivering online now, as opposed to before it was face-to-face, how, mm-hmm. how has that been?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing we built was on an app. So that actually was something that we recorded and even though it wasn't COVID, so it was app-based and um, people could take on their own, you know, and then there was uh coaching with that, but, um, but this, yes, obviously we're, you know, we're, we're on podcasts because that's one way to, um people love podcasts and I love them as well because I can be driving and listening to them or running or walking and uh, cleaning the house, whatever. You know, I just, I love, um, I love the flexibility of podcasts. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So we have packaged it differently and tried to put it in, you know, small packages because people can only take in so much. They're tired. It's a hard time to focus. Um, But we, you know, we, we focus on the fact that, You know there are things that you can do to optimize what you're able to get done in the day. You know, so one of my favorite studies I read was that if you're tired, if you're sleep deprived, you don't prioritize your sleep. The way you perceive the world is different. So this was a study looking at functional MRI. So there's a special kind of MRI, a picture of the brain, and it can tell what parts of the brain are lit up. And when people are tired, and they would look at a you know someone's face, they would see anger more often if they were tired rather than well rested. So when we say, you oh, know, the world is this, the world is this, and we're saying everyone's this, sometimes it's, you know, our, pers- our ability to perceive things because of what we're doing or not doing uh, with our brain to put it in a good, you know, positive emotional state. So I think that's the, that's the magic is that we actually can do things day to day to optimize our perception, our creativity, our positive emotional state. We don't, we swing, you know, during the day, negative, positive, negative, positive. Um, But there's a way, there's ways to manipulate it into more positive state, which is our creative state.
0: Um, What would you say is what, what do people have the most um, resistance towards in, in what you do with them? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think,
2: Al? I would say it depends on their lifestyle. If their habits are pretty aligned and they're in a good routine with those, then they feel good about that. If that's like really something that can be, of course, you know, overwhelming. And so we've had a lot of clients that um, are just, you know, understanding. And I think our whole message is, is similar to yours and taking like that little steps really do matter. Um, so that can be a big roadblock, but then the really, the other one is the emotional processing piece. And, People like Mary said are not sure what it means to kind of deep dive into your feelings, and we don't often want to allow ourselves to feel things that are negative. But once we realize that we can build habits around processing emotions, and we can build habits around feeling our feelings in a way that isn't scary and is a way in a and it's actually going to help us move forward um, more positively. Then that I think is a really beautiful. Um, gift that gets given because again, without the support and without the understanding that, that your brain, you know, is impacted by squishing down your emotions and just kind of like covering them up, then you might not have that understanding how important it is. And so, yeah, I would say people are often resistant, like, Ooh, I'm not sure about, about diving into that, but there's so many small ways to just move through them as, you know, as easy as starting to name your feelings, journaling, meditating, um, these type of things that then allow you when you do feel anger you do feel disappointment you do feel frustration you can you know not worry that you're going to react in a way that you don't want to you, you're more comfortable with those so i would say until people have a better understanding of that they do feel like that's a big obstacle and um and then just that knowledge and understanding that this can be done simply is hugely important
0: as as you started explaining that one of the things that was going through my mind when especially when you're talking about the emotional side of it, I wondered if there's much difference in the reactions you get from, from men and women on, especially on the emotional side. Mm -hmm.
1: The men so far want a very clear path. You know, they want A to B to C to D in a Y, you know, so I'm very, very clear. Um, The women kind of wants more. I mean, in my impression, you know, the women want more time to kind of slow down and think about the why as well. You know, why should they do this? And, women tend to have easier time taking care of themselves if they think it's for someone else, um, which it is. So that's, you know, if we're good caregivers, if we do these things, we'll be better caregivers for our community, our families, our friends. Um, so yeah, so we have seen a different approach and of course it's not down the middle, middle, you know, black and white, but it's, it's, we do see different approaches, you know, that they want it very clearly marked. Um, but yeah, I think there's neat things, you know, I think when you see the power of it, um, it's, it's, it's number one, it's grabbing people's attention when you said, I mean, it's physics, right? So it's like hard to get people in motion if they're not in motion. So we've had responses say, you know, I, I've had a hard enough year, you guys. Come on, I don't want to talk about this. You know, this. I've been through enough. Um, and then when they realize the power that we're, well, what I'm saying is I like efficiency. That's just one of my, uh, one of the things I put as a priority, and I'm saying you can have a more efficient day if you learn a few things about this. Just get a little brain wonder. I mean, I don't. You don't have to know everything about the brain. Like I say, I have a cell phone. I don't know everything how it works, but I know how to. I know I have to plug it in, and I, I know I have to take care of it, not throw it in a, in the ocean. Um, so I just want you know, just I'm just requesting a touch of brain wonder because I think you'll be surprised by the outcomes. Uh, so we have like you know, like you've talked about the tiny habits. I mean, we talk we talk about okay, are you willing to do one or two things this week? You know, just a very small start in some folks. And some people like to jump in and do everything. Some people just need, like, one thing just to see the positive outcomes.
0: Hmm. What, what would you say have been – can you think of any stories of people who have been, like, really surprised that what's happened when they've gone through working with you?
1: I, I did have one person who was super angry about um, – you know, even thinking about it, or uh, you know, her work, and she was just she was just in an angry state. You know, she was just mad about most things, and and I, I was like, okay, let's take one step at a time. Um, and she really did, and she was able to slow down and and start just a little bit at a time, and and she could then start feeling the difference yeah. that she could. She thought people were nicer. I mean, it's funny, like her perceptions changed. She thought work was a little bit better. And then she became more creative, so she she you know learned like you know I really love this about my job. She got on some new projects, and then she ended up taking a new job because she really loved this part of her job. She realized she loved these these parts, so she went to find something in that area. So I've seen those kind of outcomes. Allie, what about you?
2: Yeah, we I think that another big impact with um, with people we've had a few specific clients is the, you know people are when they're trying to take care of themselves and when they're trying to build that self care in having the understanding that this is such a piece and having that message from the doctor that this matters is really creates a positive shift where it's like, oh, we all know we should, quote unquote, do whatever. But when you can then tie it to like, well, this is what the research says. And here's what is really going to change in my life. And this is actually for me to be able to help people. That's, I think, where we've seen a lot of Change in women, it's like giving that permission to that next level permission that they've probably heard from different sources, but just that next level permission to really take ownership of like their habits and their their spaces in these spheres that have really um, been able to posit- positively shift it. It's like oh, this this kind of clicked and came together and made this happen for me where I've been trying to. But once you tie in that doctor's orders, um, that uh, that always helps too. <laughs>
0: And you mentioned a couple of times about um, t- taking it really slowly. Have have there been cases where you've been working with people and they've just been so enthusiastic about what you're saying, they want to try and do everything at once?
1: Yes, yes. it's funny because our course, we you know we give people so much each week, and they can't get it early. You know, and it frustrates some people. Like I, I want to, you know, at first they're like, I want it all right now. They're they're super enthusiastic. They want it all, but then after they've been in a few weeks, they say, Oh, I see why you did that. It gave them time to work on it, you know, just to get really one thing, you know, one new thing that week really ingrained in their, in their daily habits. So it is pretty funny. We do have some of those approaches, you know, where people are like, I want it all today, you know, and they just like digest it, but they're not sure then how to put it into their lives. Um, The other thing we've seen is we've seen people say, oh, I got to get my head. I got to get my brain together. I don't know what I'm doing. And we review their life and they're doing amazing things. Right. So we've seen a lot of that, like, okay, you're like a multi-business owner, a parent of young kids. Nice. Look at you. You're teaching your kids at home. You're, you know, so, and then sometimes you see them, oh, they're relaxed. Like, yeah, I am doing good things. And, it's and that's nice. part of our program is like, look, you're doing all these things in both, in all the three spheres, you're doing something like you're, you got this, you're good. You don't have to add anything else. You got this, you know? So, but it's funny. Some people say, Oh, you know, they're scared of even thinking about it because it's, they're not sure where they are going to be, you know, kind of where they're supposed to be doing. Um, And some are really rocking it and they're not, they're not aware of it.
2: They're
0: not celebrating that enough.
2: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. There's there's a real, so many people really beat themselves up Mm -hmm. and uh, don't realize how well they are doing in so many Mm -hmm. respects.
1: Yeah, I think she seemed like shameful, and she was. She owned multiple businesses. She had little kids who were learning at home for a year. They haven't been out of the house. Yeah, so it was just on and on. It's just so many good things.
0: We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe that creating healthy habits should be easy. If you know a friend or a loved one who might be interested in learning simple habits to improve their health, then please share this podcast with them. We also invite you to subscribe and to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to the show. Have you got any thoughts on why people are so likely to be very negative about themselves? What what, do you think about that?
2: I think it's, uh, I mean, I think it's a big combination, right? So we are continuously judging ourselves. We're continuously comparing ourselves. Those are things that we learn when we're so young. And it's almost like if we don't unlearn them, then they stay with us and they continue on. And so, I mean, oftentimes we find we're our own worst critic. And I think it's something that becomes ingrained very young. And unless even, you know, you're around people who are really conscious and aware of trying to help not allow that to happen, then society really just allows that to happen and so um, then you add in social media you add in everything being performance based and there are a lot of there are a lot of reasons to you know be critical and so that is a huge thing that we really believe in just like that support of that self-love because of course that that makes everything easier which I think is that is actually something that we find is very hard to, um, to help people move into because it's, it's unnatural and it's uncomfortable to really appreciate yourself and to really celebrate yourself. And so that is a huge part of our mission too, as well as just like highlighting how, you know, if you're doing well, then that's amazing. And and you need to like reaffirm to yourself all the good things you're doing. Um, so it's not just about giving people more to do because we know that they are negative enough and they, you know, are hard enough on themselves, but it's really that, how do you bring out, you know, the positive energy um, and help them to use that as mo- as momentum and to carry them through?
0: The, the, like the partnership you have seems to make it makes so much sense in so many ways. And yet, from what my experience, I, I haven't heard many people with this approach before. Is it do you know of others doing something similar to you or is it is it quite unique as far as you're aware
1: I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think, not that I know of. Yeah, we just, this is important to me. I feel like, you know, I know the science. I just want to make sure people know because Mm -hmm. it's, I don't want people, you know, missing these opportunities. And I, I also think, you know, there's a lot of great scientists out there, but sometimes it's hard for them to share just in, you know, with the general public because it's, they just, it's, they're not comfortable with that. They don't, you know, they feel like, well, you should come to the doctor and hear it, but the you know, a GP or primary care doc, you know, they have to do a lot of things in a visit, so it's hard for them also to say, oh, yeah, by the way, you're 25. It's really important what you do today for your brain. It will help your brain serve you more as you age. And, you know, that's it's, it's like, you know, that messaging. But there's, you know, some global groups looking at brain health, and they, you know, think you can decrease, like, vascular dementia by 40% if people knew more about, you know, what they could or couldn't do for the brain over, over the years. And I you think, wow, that's, it's really impactful. So we, I just want to get that message out. And then, you know, we see so much burnout and people struggling at work and struggling at home and thought, oh, well, let's bring it there as well. Because, you know, sometimes you don't come to the doctor, so something's wrong, but we want to give people these tools before they're, you know, quote unquote, sick,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Is there Have you? can you think of any examples of people you've been working with who at the beginning or, or maybe at the beginning were very reluctant and they just thought there's you're not going to be able to help me but and who you were able to turn them around?
2: We have a client yes who is a single woman professional and I would say she was one of the ones that was just not sure you know she is a doc actually she she was a client after the program and she was just thinking like, you know, I'm not sure that this is for me. I'm not sure I, you know, what to do, but she also really wanted that research. And she's a great example because she has made so much, so many changes in her life by taking back that little ownership and being able to celebrate the habits that she is doing and really, you know, be able to find a new job and be able to move on to um, implementing so many of the things where she, and she really needs the research. So back to your original point about the, the combination of the two of us, I think that's been one of the most powerful because she's someone who is like, you know, I'm not going to do anything that's not proven and I need that to be something that's proven for me. And then also I need that help with implementing this and I need that validation of what I'm doing. So she kind of needs that whole package. And again, since she started the program, she was a, validated on a lot of things, implemented and really enhanced her understanding and her Um, importance of the connections and the emotional processing, I would say. She had the lifestyle down pretty well. And then has, again, similarly gone on to be able to um, move and find a better job that suited her and just really that positive transformation that you're like, wow, you know, I wouldn't say that this is completely related only to this course, but it did help her put a lot of things together that empowered her enough to move on and, you know, get something that really fit her life better.
0: And how do you see this? Um, how do you see this developing in the next few years?
1: Yeah, we, you know, our dream also of, is to bring this to kids. We just were on a, a podcast with someone that was our, that was one of our first dreams at our first presentation. Is like, you know, if we're good models, this will spread. You know, and we we're we're both moms, and so you know, if we if we could spread it to younger generations, that would mean the world to us. If people could just realize that, you know, again, get some brain wonder and realize that there's things that they can do again, just to be more efficient at work so they can go out and have fun and just and get work done and know what to optimize. Um, so yeah, we we would love to keep scaling. And we, we do have a client in the UK as well because the lockdown was so severe and a single professional and um, she wasn't sure that she had the time. She was working online and, you know, had been through COVID and You know, so we've been working with her, and she's, you know, it's been really neat for her. Again, there was some shame, like, oh, I didn't know this. Why don't I know this? You know, it's like a lot of. She has a lot of degrees. She's an intelligent person, and like, you know, it's just today. Today's your day. You just you have this new knowledge today. It's like change. You know, as you as you teach about change, like sometimes we don't know what we don't know, and then we know it. And then what are you going to do with the knowledge? Are you actually going to do something with that? You know, so that's where I can give you the knowledge, and then Allie helps us put it into, you know, to be able to fit it into our lifestyle. But that was pretty neat because she thought, you know, she was having a hard time working in an apartment, you know, by herself and in her own flat, I should say, you know, by herself. And it was very, it was a struggle because she didn't feel well from COVID and she was trying to get her work done. Um, so just learning again, just small changes to begin with, just learn about it. Just first of all, figure this out that this is important and put a little bit of energy in it, not hundred new things in your week, maybe one new thing in your
2: week. Yeah. 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 We do want to spread it too, because we do find that people are looking, like I said, for a pill or a magic, you know, magic bullet. And Mary often has patients come in, just like, tell me what to take. Or we get questions and presentations like, well, what, what supplement, you know, is it? And it's like, no, it's not that. So I think, you know, our mission of spreading the, understanding that like taking care of yourself in this way that in these ways can feel good I mean we're talking about connecting with people and we're talking about journaling and we're talking about so having that understanding that this can you know add to your flourishing positive life is hugely important it's not something that um that is is going to be horribly treacherous but at the same time it's also not a pill or something very simple so I think you know, that is really our main point of the mission. And it can be done with your whole family. And like Mary was saying, just our mission to spread um, with the kids. We we feel like these aren't things that you need to spend hours doing. And when you are able to do them with your family, then they just get built in and instilled at a young age, too.
0: When, when would you say that for, for both of you, you first noticed in, in your life that um, by... Focusing maybe more on habits, it would help you get to where you wanted to go. How 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 old do you think you were when you first had that that realization?
1: Yeah, I, I remember a long time ago, like early in my career, someone saying, telling me about the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. You know, and I and I I always like that framework. It's kind of how I think. So if I'm working on a project, you know, you kind of keep a list of my roles and what I'm trying to get done. And I've noticed in my own life as a doc or you know a researcher or anything is just if I want to get something done I have to look at it regularly its schedule and you know if I'm going to build a team I'm meeting with the team regularly so that we can keep setting goals each week and hit them achievable goals Um, because otherwise if I say hey let's just get this done but we don't have any plan for it it's not going to happen so Hmm. I definitely have noticed that over the years I will say what's interesting to me personally is I I do meditate regularly and journal regularly, but there's some weeks where I just forget or I don't do it. And then I see the consequences of not doing it. But when I do it, it's not so obvious to me like, Oh, I feel amazing. Like right after I meditate, I may feel good, but I, I, I don't realize the power of it until I don't do it. And then Mm -hmm. like, Oh, why is my week a mess? You know, like why am I losing it by noon? You know? So I, that's personally myself. Like when I see the benefits of some of these habits, if I, don't do it. Don't do it. I leave some of these things
2: out. It it matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd say my parents were, um, different. They're both of course amazing, but my dad was always like a very habit regimented guy. And he always knew where everything was. And he, you know, had his stuff right in place. And so growing up, it was like, I was not that way. I was more similar to my mom. My mom is such like a caregiver and a lover. She doesn't have everything particular, you know, it's like that different personality. and um, And so I would always watch and be like, huh, look at that. He has exactly what he needs right there when he needs it. And it was kind of like that habit. We always talked about that, but it wasn't until my, um, I had my third daughter that I was like, you know, I felt like I had a daughter and then I had another daughter and I kind of like had everything in control. And then I had the third one and it pushed me to the edge of like, oh my goodness, like I need to get these habits in check into my own life. And so while I was always, you know, pretty type A in my, in just like focusing in school and work and all of those things that I didn't have, I could always keep it all together. Um, I didn't really fully understand until I had three kids that like habits are absolutely the answer to giving yourself, you know, a break in your brain. So you don't have to think so much. You just you don't ask yourself, am I going to work out? You don't spend any energy thinking, should I do this or that? You you work out and you don't ask yourself, should I meditate for five minutes? You That's just built in. It's automatic. It's like, when am I going to do this? When am I going to do this? And so that shift um, really happened after three kids like five years ago where I fully committed to like making space in my mind to make these things happen and not ask myself every day if I was going to do them or not.
0: Mary, you mentioned um, meditation then do you do you mm-hmm. find that more people are much more receptive to meditation now than than previously
1: you know i think that has been a bonus if there's any bonus to living through the pandemic is that people have heard more about um you know the, the habits that will help their mental health so they've heard more about journaling and meditation and um you know taking a walk taking a break from zoom you know during the day so that's that's been great i I still think people aren't sure quite how to do it, but I, I have heard more people, they know about it, and I, I think with YouTube and things so accessible and free, that it's just been wonderful. And I think even in, it's in the schools here, you know, where the kids take a break or they take a brain break, they call it, where they jump around and dance and, you know, and, and so it's, I, I think it's great that it's being modeled in different ways and it's accessible um, I always, you know, teach my patients about it, guided imagery and meditation, because it's free. You don't need any anything, and you can do it when I say, why are you waiting for me in the waiting room and, or on Zoom or what have you? So I love those kind of tools that are very accessible. You don't need to buy anything, no products. Um, yeah, and it's just a matter of putting it on your phone. Like somebody we were just talking to said they, you have to put it in their phone with a reminder so they don't forget. I mean, I put it in my calendar. I put these things in my calendar now just because... I can't take it for granted. I've seen their I've seen the benefit of, of sticking with these habits.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, it seems to well, my perception, and I could be wrong, is that maybe ten years ago people had this stereotyped image of the only way to do meditation was to sit in lotus position and be mm-hmm. doing om um and everything. And now mm-hmm. it, it seems to be people are realizing that that's not that's not true. That's not mm-hmm. that's not the only way to do it.
1: Right. 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 And it has been nice. Like a lot of the apps were free for folks during the pandemic. And so I think it did just make it more available, more widely available. Um, and, and it was just more discussed, which is wonderful. I think it's a great tool. Um, mm. We know that it really, it's, it can really support uh, mental health in a way that's very powerful. So again, without having to buy anything, typically, um, you know, we have access to a tool that can really help to, you know, help our emotional uh, positive emotional state, which is really important during a pandemic, right? <laughs> At any time, mm. most importantly during a pandemic.
2: And taking off the the our own ideas attached to it. So exactly what you were saying, it doesn't have to be done seated. It doesn't have to be done, you know, for 45 minutes, five minutes while you're walking, five minutes in nature without any noise or phone can be your meditation. So I think just kind of rewriting that story of what meditation looks like in the world is so hugely empowering what, what meditation looks like in your life and for you right now today so that it becomes easy to to make happen is huge.
0: Ali, Ali have you found people you've been working with? Has there been many clients you've worked with who have really been um, not very keen maybe on doing meditation when you first suggested it? I don't know, anything along those lines?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I do find that. I feel like at this point, if people haven't tried meditation on their own, then they, they are resistant. Right. And so a part of it is like having that conversation about why, where's the resistance coming from? Why is this feel like something you don't want to get into? And oftentimes I find with clients, I mean, so many of them are high achieving. We're all busy. Of course, you know, we all know those obstacles and it's often that like, well, I can't make my brain stop. And it's like, okay, well, let's think of some other ways that you can do this. You know, starting with the guided meditation can be a great way where, Again, using a resource like YouTube or one of the apps that's very simple and easy. And one of the things I love to do with clients is have them use YouTube and actually look up short, guided five minute meditation with a topic that feels, you know, resonant to them. So for stress or for overwhelm or for anxiety or for whatever it is they're feeling in that moment, in that time, and then building that habit of. What am I feeling right now? First, it helps them to check in on the emotional processing piece, and then what could five minutes do of meditation? And on on YouTube or some of these apps, there is so many options. And I find that, especially when my brain's really busy, or especially at the beginning of getting into the habit, if if it's not talking to me, then I can't. It's hard to get into, right? So, really picking the thing that is speaking to you in that moment. If it's stress, if it's worry, if it's fear. Then you can listen to something that's like, oh, this is what I'm feeling. So it's almost like check in with yourself and then look up the five minute meditation that goes with that. And that's how I've had a lot of clients break through that barrier because, yeah, the, it's a hard when you turn on a meditation and they're talking about something that you just can't get into at that moment. So, um, so I find that that's one of the best ways.
0: Can you think of anything when you were a child that you absolutely loved doing? And, and, and what kind of things were they and I'm just wondering if there's any connection to to that and and what you do now
1: yeah i I always loved art and creating and crafting so um i I feel like that's related to neurology because neurology is a lot of like connecting and you have to kind of imagine like what connects to what um so i i think I think that works that's kind of down the same pathway you have to be creative um and, and so I still like, you know, I try every Sunday to do some art, you know, even if it's super simple, I just get a crayon out or something. Cause I, I just want to acknowledge that my brain needs a little downtime and it's my happy place, you know? And so I, there's no expectations. I don't tend to show it to anyone. I just do something, um, to get away. And, um, yeah, I would say that or nature, those are my two things. And I, and I do still get so much from being in nature.
2: Yeah, I would say playing, I used to play with dolls and I used to teach them and have a school and, that is like basically what I grew up to do. I used to be a teacher. And so I could be lost in, like you know, taking care of the dolls and teaching them whatever I was teaching them. And so that's absolutely played in because my um, background is in education and curriculum. And then, um, of course, now it's teaching adults, but I can just get back into that
0: zone of kind of my own world of connecting with
2: people or dolls. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. and i are you um do you read much ellie
2: I read yes yes yes
0: absolutely yes and what, what kind of what kind of things do you like to read
2: um I am a realistic fiction and a definitely a nonfiction reader I have to like make myself um read things that, for pleasure because I love learning so much that it's hard to not just go on to the next you know book that someone mentions and i I'm definitely a chronic um if I hear if someone mentions a book, I'll just order it on Amazon immediately, even without, you know, without looking into it. So I am a huge reader and um, I've actually really enjoyed my kids are 10, 7 and 5. So I've been enjoying children's literature so much and getting back into all those stories. I realized not all of the books are good. I feel like we need to, you know, write some awesome kids books. But um, but those young adults books are really fun to get lost in with my kids
0: as well. Mm hmm. Um, are you much of a reader, Mary?
1: Yes. Yeah, I usually have a few going. Sometimes I have too many by yeah. <laughs> my by, my nightstand, <laughs> and then I have. Yeah, so I listen to them online. And but if I'm, you know, doing something in the house or out gardening or something, and um, yeah, I'm reading Obama's book right now, which I'm, I just love. You know, I have. I have my oldest daughter who's a big reader too, and she actually stopped reading it because she's like, it's so good. I don't want to. I don't want to finish it because I don't want it to be over. <laughs> So I was like, what? And she's like, I love it so much. And I see what she's saying. Like, his voice is really peaceful and kind of authoritative and kind of very authentic throughout the book. And so I'm enjoying that very much right now. And I usually, like, like, I usually am reading also or listening to something that is more instructive. Um, Yeah, and then I'm in a book club, so I'm generally reading some kind of fiction or something, yeah.
0: And and when you're reading a book with the aim of... Using the information, you know, for something maybe like you know, work-related or whatever, what what techniques do you have for tr- really trying to retain that information?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I try to like so uh, some books suggest you know you do something throughout the year, so I try to put it in my calendar. You know, so I say like if it says you know think about your vision, you know, what's your vision statement each year, I'll put it in or or check in after three months with your vision statement or. Some success habits or something. I try to put them in, just put them in my calendar, so I don't have to try to think. What did that book say to do when? You know, the other time, I the other thing I do is I tend if I'm listening while I'm cleaning or doing something around the house, I'll, I'll I'll listen to it twice, and I know the thing that sticks to my brain best are the stories, like you said. So when I re-listen to a book, I remember all the stories. I just don't remember um, exactly like all the tips. You know, all the all the assignments um, so I've been recently listening to a building a story brand by Donald Miller and that's it's really instructive in anything you know even if you're not a, trying to market something but you're trying to just share a message and as a doctor we do that all day long we try to share uh, an, an influence and support people and so stories tend to help there too um, and I'm a coach as well so stories really help um, and, I, and I see they help me when I re-listen to a book you know I remember every story. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm an underliner. I underline and mark and write all over books. So if I ever, I always have to like scan them. If I let someone borrow them, like, what was I writing in there? <laughs> <So that helps. laughs> the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Circle star.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and while we're talking about books, can you, can you see yourself ever putting something down in a book?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've had this conversation quite a bit too. And just like, you know, when is the right time and what is the right focus um, of writing something together that really does pair the science and the research with the implementation and the integration. And and so that is definitely something on our list as well. And um, I think I think that it's down the line and I think there's um, a lot of room for it and something that's interactive with giving some stories and ideas as well. So for sure
0: hmm Well, if if people want to find out, out more about you and your and your course and, and everything you do, where would be the best place to go?
1: Yeah, we're on brainopsgroup.com is the is the website to start from there. And then you can find both of us, uh brainopsgroup.com. Um that's a good place to start. We're at both on LinkedIn. Um yeah, so you can find us all over Facebook, Insta, yeah.
0: And and if anyone I'm just wondering for anyone who's listening now and thinking maybe they're thinking, "Mm, is this for me or not? Who, who do you think, if any, what doubts might someone have in their mind now that would be addressed by what you do?
2: Yeah, I would say, I would say all the details, you know, when people are wondering like how much should I work out? What do you mean by the connection? What is, you know, what are the amounts and the thresholds that the research shows that are important? I think that's what, this course really speaks to. So the health and wellness world we know is so overwhelming. And so when you're looking for like, what's that bottom line that the research shows matters, that's what this course really outlines because Mary's research is so clear, like this is the amount of minutes to exercise and here's what um, here's what's shown to work. And so you can then get those thresholds. So if you're a person who's um, really trying to understand like what, you know, I have all these things to do, maybe you're doing a lot of them and you want that validation, or maybe you're not doing them and you need that extra, like, help me, you know, help me get this going. Then that I think is the, is the biggest benefit because not only is it pairing, um, what matters most and then giving you the tips. But oftentimes, I mean, you know, as a coach, um, oftentimes getting the information is not enough. So we've tried to really pair mary's research with some actionable tips but sometimes that's not enough so then once you have this plan and once you have this understanding of what matters then finding someone to work with you know like a coach is hugely beneficial in helping to make it happen and become you know become a part of who you are and what you do Hmm. well
0: finally before we go do you is there a quotation that either of you have that you particularly like
1: I do have I do have one from Nelson Mandela. He's, his quotes have been hitting me lately. I'm not sure why, but here's one. It says, "May your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears." So I, I do love that one. I love all I love so many of his, but I love that one.
0: Why does that resonate with you, Mary?
1: Well, because sometimes you know I know we know you know as a brain doc I know uh, the brain is protecting us, so it'll help us feel fear with new uh, new ideas or, or um, you know new habits or like we'll feel fear first because it's new to us and that's fine so we just have to say thank you brain we know you're protecting us but we're going to move ahead this is something that's going to serve me in the long run so I think if you move forward according to your hopes uh, rather than your fears um, you know you're going to find some doors opening and, and be in more creative space and uh, happier more you know flourishing days rather than st- not changing you know because we know our brain is malleable I always tell people it's not a brick you know it can change it's not a brick <laughs> This. You know, you can. It's growing every time you learn something new. It's different. It changes. And so, we. You know, if you lead according to your values and you walk forward according to values and hopes, I think your your life is more interesting.
0: And and Ali, did, do you have one?
2: Yes. So one thing I think I've really noticed is that people oftentimes think they need to do everything on their own, and I'm sure you know as a coach. And is that you know that asking for help can be hugely important. So. Um, so be strong enough to stand alone and you're doing things your way smart enough to know when you need help and then brave enough to ask for it. Because oftentimes we just think that we really just have to figure this out on our own. And there's so much support. And now with the world being so accessible to us and, you know, we will probably never go back fully to coaching in person or whatever, but that opens up so many opportunities doors to, to have that right in your home. And so I think that just kind of putting out there that like, if, if you're trying to implement your habits and it's just not working, or if you need some more info, then asking for help is there's so many great ways to get it.
0: Well, Abby and Mary, it's been a a real pleasure speaking of you. So thank you for, for coming onto the show and um, yeah, best of luck with, with your program and everything that you do.
1: Yeah. All the best to you. Thank you for what you do and for this opportunity. Stay well.
0: Thank you. Next week, episode 12 is with Johnny and Yusuf, better known for the podcast they run called Propane Fitness. They're experts in the world of well, both medicine and fitness and they've really combined those two areas. Uh, Yusuf is a doctor. They they know a lot about many different areas of, of exercise and fitness from, from strength building and weight training and gymnastics and uh, the breath and, and, and many other areas. And so that's Next week's episode with Johnny and Yusip. Hope you've enjoyed this week's show and see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at tonywinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.